Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me once again, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's a beautiful fall day. I'm ready to talk field hockey. All right. Uh, before we get started, don't forget that you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at nhhsports. And the Field Hockey Show will be posted uh, every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, actually, I guess should maybe clarify that a little bit because we're getting down towards the end of things. Um, this being the last show we'll do uh, before, I guess, bef uh, in the regular season, let's say. How about, how about that? Um, so the next two weeks uh, after this, we'll be talking uh, playoffs. Uh, next week, we'll, we'll, we'll be going into playoffs. We'll have a bit of a preview the week after. Um, kind of heading into the semifinals, we can do some semifinal previews. Uh, and then the following week, since the championship games are all scheduled for Sunday uh, the 30th, rather than uh, go sit through those games and try to turn around and do a podcast right away, we're actually going to give it a couple days to simmer. We'll, uh, we'll do the podcast, uh, record it Tuesday on the fir November 1st, and then post it November 2nd. So uh, the next couple Mondays, you'll have a, a fresh field hockey podcast to listen to. And then to wrap up the season, we will be uh, giving you one for November 2nd. So mark your calendars, update whatever you got to update. Um, hopefully you don't jump on the website first thing on, on Halloween and, and get disappointed there's no podcast because we'll be doing a couple days late. It'll be worth it. It'll <laughs> be worth the wait. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, after, after sitting around um, – watching you know three championship games i i don't know about you but i probably won't have enough uh enough left in me to then turn around and do a podcast on what we just watched too yeah um, i mean i i anticipate that being a long day for for a lot of people so <laughs> i think that that's the smart way to do it yeah um but that's uh that's a couple weeks from now we're uh we're right now getting ready for you know the final week of the regular season um but the one thing i did want to bring up before we get started uh and uh, we haven't really talked about the coaches poll much this year because of the, the scheduling of it's a little weird. Like we're recording this on Sundays uh, to be posted on Monday. And when it gets posted, the poll is only, you know, it changes within a couple hours because the polls are also going out uh, around noon on Monday. So we haven't really talked about it much, but I did want to bring it up this week because last week we saw uh, a new number one team take over at the top. Uh, probably no surprise to people that Winnicott jumped up to that top spot after, you know, the, the wins they've had in the last couple of weeks, including, you know, over Exeter, over uh, Wyndham. Um, you know, but uh, the other interesting part of that, too, is is that's they're now the third different team that has had that top spot uh, in this first season of the field hockey coaches poll. And I think I texted you last week after I I'd, I'd tabulated everything and. Uh, if you look at, at the, you know, the other one, one of the other ones we've done uh, is boys lacrosse for a couple of years now. And uh, we've now had more field hockey, more programs in field hockey be at the top spot there than in boys lacrosse for like the last five years total. Which yeah, I just thought so was kind of crazy. It's so much fun too, though. Like it's been this season and all three divisions has just been like so much fun to watch and, and watch all these teams grow and, and develop. And yeah. So having three at the top spot, it's, it's neat. Like it's a cool, it's a cool phenomenon. Yeah. And, uh, and, and given, you know, how close a lot of these games have been, I, I by no means would I predict that, that 
you know, Winnicott is going to stay there for the next uh, couple of weeks, you know, until the season's done. I, I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, if they, I mean, cause obviously the team that wins division one is probably going to end up being the team that's at the top of the pole, unless something really crazy happens. Right. Um, and, and I, I would put Winnicott probably in a group of like, you know, three or four, maybe even five teams that, that could end up there uh, in division one. And, and with the way things have gone, you're right. It could be someone else entirely. And that's that's kind of the the fun of doing this is is not just um, it's it's the debate I think of of you know hey did you see who's in the top ten this week and and maybe this team deserves to be here and that team there. Yeah, I mean it's if you look at the standings even now, I mean Winnicott is the is the lone holder of the number one spot, but then you've got Wyndham and Exeter, Bedford and Dover all right there, you know, tied with each other in in rating until you go to the tiebreakers and then you know then things sort out a little bit but it could be it it really could be you know five teams uh you know contesting for the championship so i'm i'm excited to see how this last week of the regular season shakes out and and figure out what the seedings are going to be because i would anticipate with that many teams in d1 and d2 is not far behind um uh the the way that the seedings work we're going to have some like really competitive quarterfinal matchups. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm counting on it. Uh, you know, before we get into two into standings and playoffs and stuff, I did want to talk about the a game that I, I got to see last week that was between two of those teams in the top five there. Uh, Wyndham played at Bedford last Monday. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I've, I've lucked out, I think, it, you know, mo- in the last, like, I feel like a couple of weeks, I've seen some pretty good games, uh, and this one was no exception. I mean, it was really well played. Um, the teams went kind of back and forth. I mean, early in the game, you had Bedford kind of controlling things in that first quarter. They co- go up one nothing. Uh, Wyndham comes back and ties it in the second, and it's 1-1 for most of the second quarter until uh, Sophie Manchester, who actually had three goals in the game, Scored, I want to say, with like 18 seconds left in the first half to give Wyndham the lead at halftime, uh, which, you know, felt like a complete 180 because, again, that early part of the game had been uh, so controlled by Bedford. Uh, and then early in the second half, um, Wyndham goes up 3-1. Uh, to one. And I, I don't know, a lot of times you, you see games get there and it's kind of, all right, well, this feels like it's, you know, it's getting out of, not, I don't want to say out of hand, but... I mean, because clearly it wasn't, but it, it the way it had gone, momentum had clearly shifted, and you never know if it's going to go back. Um, and I feel like in close games too, close field hockey games, you don't tend to see runs, I guess. You know, I feel like teams exchange goals more. It, it, does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think scoring the timely goal is what can lead to some runs. So, you know, even though Wyndham, you know, takes the lead with time basically expiring in the half, you then have like a really kind of big break, right? Where Bedford can right. regroup and, and redirect. So, you know, in some senses, I think people are like, oh, what a momentum builder going into the half. Yes, sometimes. And when it's a heavily contested game like that, that could just be more fuel for a really hungry and very capable Bedford team. So um, I think the other great thing about that game is that it was at Bedford. You know, two yeah. highly skilled yeah. teams playing on a nice turf field really does both of the team's games a little bit more justice. Um, so that's neat. And I've always, 
I've always looked at D1 and been like, wow, they, the Monday games, like I have a hard time wrapping my head around Monday games <laughs> and especially where a Monday game is such an important right, one, like yeah. this one, that's it. You know, that's, that's tough to prepare for. Um, so and, um, I, sorry, I think to add on to that too is, is Bedford typically plays the JV game first. So the varsity's not going until five thirty. So it's a Monday game where you're then sitting around for a little bit watching the JV play. And then you have to lock in and, and try to play a big game yeah. like that. Tough. That's yeah. tough. But under the lights, you know, another another great kind of marquee matchup for the division. Yeah. Um, and, and a wild finish from what I hear. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I again, talking about momentum after that goal, uh, you know, Bedford really was able to overcome that. They kind of flipped things, took control of the game back a little bit, um, scored a goal in the third quarter had a, a couple of corners in the fourth where I kept thinking they were going to tie it. Eventually they did and then had opportunities to, to win the game in regulation. They just couldn't get, uh, couldn't capitalize. So the game went to overtime three, three, they went back and forth. Teams went back and forth early on. And then Wyndham just kind of took control again, had a couple of corners in a row. And uh, on the last one, uh, there was kind of a, I don't know if collision is the right word, but but it looked like a, a girl from Bedford shoved a, a girl from Wyndham, knocked her over. I, I don't think it was intentional. I think it just was, you know, going after the ball. You get a lot of bodies in there. They bump into each other. Um, you know, someone goes flying. Uh, Wyndham's awarded a penalty stroke. And, and this was probably one of the most fun things I think I've seen in high school sports this year. Uh, you know, the... In that situation, um, you know, the Wyndham coaching staff probably prefers to see one of their, you know, experienced players in that case. And in this case, they wanted Sophia Ponsini to take the stroke. And I'm standing there watching um, as they're kind of getting ready to go. And, and Ponsini is, has taken uh, Sophie Manchester kind of, not really aside, but they're standing next to each other in the circle or near the circle. And, and it really looks like, I could tell even from standing maybe, I don't know, a good 30 yards away, um, you know, that, that, that Ponsini's telling her, you're taking this. And Manchester's telling her, you know, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so finally, like, she, I don't know what she said to convince her, but Ponsini walked away. Uh, Manchester took the stroke, made it, and Wyndham uh, pulled out a 4-3 win, which um, it was just, it, it was one of those scenes that, like, you don't, you don't see a ton, uh, even in high school sports, and and I just it was it was, um, it was fun to see, and I and I'm I'm really glad I got to witness that, and it was a great game on top of it. Yeah, that's such a huge moment too, and and you know I wish I was a fly on the turf in that situation, just knowing <laughs> what that conversation was because such a high pressured moment, right? Like you're, you could be the hero that wins the game, or you know we're gonna we're gonna have to you know play a little bit more and finish it here, so. Um, you know, really cool moment and, and to win it in that fashion for Wyndham, yeah, had to be exciting. You know, it was big for them too. Cause it, it, you know, it helps them keep pace with, with Exeter in the standings. Uh, of course the two of them are, are behind when kind of, but you know, like you said, tied for second, um, in the standings and I'm, I'm not exactly sure the tiebreaker as we're talking right now, but I, I will figure that out, uh, between now and, and when, uh, you know, this goes up on, on the website to, on Monday morning. Um, but yeah, big to keep pace there and, and for Bedford, um, you know, a tough loss because, you know, just looking at standings and, and the tiebreaker, um, you know, they're, they're now tied at 11 and three with Dover. Uh, 
I think both teams have, um, you know, games to fill out the season that they should. I take that back. Dover um, Dover plays Wyndham in its final game at Dover, so that you know that gives them a little bit of an edge. But uh, that'll be a tough one for sure. But if they both win out, Dover wins the tiebreaker thanks to a head-to-head victory over Bedford. So that's a loss that potentially drops the Bulldogs down to fifth. Uh, they'd still get a bye, but it would mean that they'd have to go play at Dover as opposed to having Dover come to them. Right. Yeah, which is a big, I mean, their field and their atmosphere, that's a thats a big bonus for them. So. Right. And I'm sure, uh, I mean, that would be the second year in a row, too, that Dover would be going to Bedford for a quarterfinal game. Yeah, which, again, like, that would be, that's just such a, that is such a high-powered quarterfinal matchup, yeah, right? Like, that's yeah. a game that's got semifinal vibes more than, <laughs> you know, more than quarterfinal. But I think across all three divisions, we're going to see that. Oh, definitely. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, unless something absolutely crazy happens, uh, I think the five that you mentioned, those are going to be the teams that end up getting the buys in Division One. Uh, I don't know what, you know, we won't know what the order is, but it's Winnicott, right. Exeter, Wyndham, Dover, and Bedford um, that are the top five right now. Um, you know, if one of Dover or Bedford slips up and loses both their games this week, um, I don't think, yeah, Concord lost, or excuse me, if Dover does, Concord has the tiebreaker with Dover in, in a head-to-head win. So if right. they finish tied for fifth, Concord would get that spot. But that would take uh, two losses this week from, from Dover, and I'm not sure that's, uh, that's going to happen. Yeah, looking at their schedule, I don't think I don't think that happens either. Um, but the rest of the division, um, you've got Concord and, and, and Bishop Girton that look – like they're maybe locked into those like six, seven spots, um, which would mean they host a first round game. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, it's a it's a free for all. I think we said this last week was we talked about that there were five teams for six spots. And you you'd think maybe by this point that maybe two or one or two of those teams would have separated themselves. And instead, it's gotten even messier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got Keene, Londonderry, Timberlane, Pinkerton, and and Central West, who are the five teams going for those spots, and they're separated by a game. You know, Keene's yep. at seven and seven, Londonderry seven and eight, uh, Timberlane is six and seven, and then Pinkerton and Central West both at six and eight. So, yeah, so you've got a couple. Uh, you know, Pinkerton and Central West are tied. You know, ratings wise, and then Londonderry's only hanging on above Timberlane by like what is it? Two hundredths of a point. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. Like talk about the end of the season games really mattering. Yeah. Um, and you know, London has got a big one in their last one here with Concord. So, uh, that's going to be a huge game for London um, to be able to kind of solidify their spot. Um, so I'll be curious to see how it goes. They're at London which is nice, you know, a senior night game for them. I, I would assume bringing a little bit more more intensity um, and excitement to that game. So we'll see. I mean, it's just looking over everybody's schedule. I mean, I, I don't think any of those teams is safely into the playoffs either. But yeah, because you know, Central West still have to go through Pinkerton and Bedford. Yeah. Kimberlane um, um, <laughs> still has three on their schedule. Keene has some... Exeter and Winniconnet. Um, yeah. So that's a t- very tough finish. And then you you mentioned Londonderry. Yep, that Pinkerton Manchester Central West game 
is, um, I mean, maybe the key to all of it. Because, I mean, that, that guarantees that one of those five is going to have a win and one of them is going to have a loss. Right. Um, you know, so that, that'll go a long way to, to deciding although, it. Uh, although last week seems like the week of the overtime ties as well. So <laughs> who knows if that's going to carry into this week, too. The amount of teams that went into overtime and tied last week is, I don't know that I've seen quite that many in in one week well that's that sounds like a good uh a, a good segue into uh in into the next uh next topic uh, oh yeah <laughs> uh the other big game that we talked about going into last week being tuesday's matchup between john stark and Sauhegan. uh that um i i didn't hear this afterwards but i heard you you know you you were talking about it that uh your your kids wanted to keep playing like they thought they were going to be able to keep playing after that overtime ended yeah. Yeah. Uh, they came off and I had to like three times look at them and be like, go, go get the goalie, go get your goalie, go get your goalie. And they're like, wait, <laughs> we're not going more. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's funny. It's reminiscent of those things, right? Like how many times do you hear that about, about pro football that like players don't realize that, that there are ties. You yeah. Know? And they're like, whoa, okay. It's the next quarter now. Right. And like, no, uh, that's, that's the end We're we're not yeah, staying here it, all night. It was, I, I think a lot of that was because it was, it was a really fun, it was a fun game. Um, it had unbelievable energy. Um, both teams were just, you know, putting it all out there. Um, Stark did a really great job of making things difficult for us, especially after the first quarter um, and kind of disrupting our game plan. They are fast and scrappy um, and yeah, did not, did not make things easy. That's for sure. You know, I think maybe what, what, uh, adds to that too is is i know that for me afterwards i just was kind of like man i i expected some kind of resolution here as to who was going to be the top seed like yeah you know i felt like uh, well no we can't really stop can we because we, we <laughs> need to we need to figure out who who gets it we need uh, to settle this yeah yes yeah, exactly now, that's, I mean, that's what it felt like yeah because when you go back like when you go through and look at look at how that tie gets broken I think we have to go down to the third or fourth tiebreaker, which is, you know, going through all of our, all of our tournament opponents and looking at, at their kind of strength of schedule yeah, and quality I, of wins, which, yeah, which is it's, not fun. It's, <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're going to be waiting until the very last game finishes to see, you know, where, who ends up one and who ends up two, you know, assuming that, assuming both teams, you know, finish out and, and take care of business with the two games they have remaining. Cause it's not just, you know, it, it's one thing about, you know, who, uh, who has the better record against the teams in the tournament, that, that tiebreaker and uh, both of the, the second and third tiebreakers, the rating against tournament teams and, and quality of wins includes teams that might finish tied for last place, whether they make the tournament or not. Right. So like 14 teams get in, but I think, uh, maybe not at this moment, but I, when I looked the other day, there were teams tied for, for 14th. Um, yeah. Kingswood, Kingswood and Bo right now are tied for that last spot. So, I mean, you would, you would then include, I mean, that makes a huge difference in itself right. too, because you guys don't have the same, it's not like division one where I think everybody plays everybody. You, you don't have the same, uh, opponents all the way through. Right. Yeah. I mean, we boo, we do both play, we did both play Sanborn and then Stark has Kingswood this week. Um, I think the big game for us is going to be Kennett Dairyfield. Right. Stark played Kennett. We played Dairyfield. So um, I think who comes out on top of that game is going to, that one will probably, 
be the decider. I mean, that game potentially could determine the top like six seeds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in the in the playoffs, <laughs> which is just crazy to think about that much, you know, weighs on on that many games, but then it also I I mean it might not because you know that game's Friday afternoon and Stark has Oyster River Saturday morning. Um, right. You know, which I, I, I don't know if that was that couldn't have been scheduled that way initially. I, I, I don't think. Um, but I mean, that's that's going to have I mean, we're going to you're going to have all those other games done. And then that will be the one that everybody's kind of waiting on. Like, all right, we think we're here, but this game still has to get played. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that must have been a reschedule. Yeah. Because I didn't have yeah, I didn't. That one wasn't in my so I, I, I can't help but think that was a reschedule. Um, so, cause usually they like to save that, the NHRA likes to save that last day in case, you know, you know, you get something canceled in that last week, right. you have a, a stopgap to, to schedule that last game. But yeah, that's a, that's another big one. I'll have to go right from, right from Dairy Fields over to start. <laughs> uh, well, East, you, you got a little bit of time there. You can at least maybe, maybe take a, a tent with you I'll or take something, a nap. camp out, camp out and watch that. Yeah, get a nap um, and we'll be, we'll be okay. <laughs> you know, and you mentioned the ties. Um, you know, aside from from yours, um, you know, so the the one one Sauhegan John Stark tie. You also had Kennett and Milford playing to a one one tie last week, and Hollis Brookline and Oyster River uh, going one one in a tie. Which again, it just those, um, you know, five of those teams are you know, competing for playoff spots are in the mix to, to maybe get, you know, move up and move down and host games and who knows. Uh, and again, there's just no kind of, kind of resolution. And I know, you know, it's not a loss, but some ways the way, depending on which tiebreaker you end up having to use, the tie is either good for you or it hurts you. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think there was another one in there too. I think Sanborn and Pelham might've tied as well last week, which, you know, I think is, yes, is weightier yeah. for Sanborn, who's still kind of like just on the outside of the playoff pictures, you know, scratching in. So for for Sanborn, that might be, you know, that might be one that hurts them a little bit more than a win would. You know, a win would have obviously helped them get in um, more, would have given them, you know, the same number of wins as Kingswood right above and, and Bo as well. So we would have had a three-way time maybe for that last spot. So, um, yeah, but a wild, I don't know that I've ever seen this many ties in the division. <laughs> it's been, it's been wild. How many are we looking at? We got, I, uh, this is the worst of trying to count while you're doing this. I, right? I don't even no, count I all mean, this. There's, this is going to take too long. Every, almost everybody has a tie. Yeah. It'd be I mean, easier, it's easier to, count. to count the teams yes. that haven't tied. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's cra- it's Just, crazy. It, it's it's going to make for an interesting week, you know, because not only do you have the games we mentioned that are going to, you know, be impactful, um, you know, that that game between Hanover and Goffstown is finally going to get made up uh, Monday cool. morning. Knock on wood, yeah. Joe. Knock oh, sorry. on wood. Oops. Who knows? Oops. <laughs> uh, um, you know, Dairy Field, we mentioned they finish with Kennett. They also have Lebanon uh, at home on Tuesday. Um Hollis Brookline and Goffstown still have a game left to play. Goffstown's also got Oyster River. Um, Hanover and Merrimack Valley is another one that, that to wrap up the year. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting another one that's probably looming large, but um, I, I mean, it's just, 
as you know, we talked about Division One coming down to a couple of games here and there with some teams, but this feels like it's the entire division that yeah. still has a lot to sort out. Yeah, I mean, I think we can break things up maybe into thirds in the division. Like, all right, here's the top third, here's the middle third, here's the bottom third. But where anybody lands within that range is is going to be decided this week. Um, so it's yeah, it's been it's been tough. It's been tough trying to scheme up my postseason <laughs> plan <laughs> because I don't know I don't know what it's going to look like quite yet. Well, I think it's safe to say at this point that you guys uh, and Stark will have those first round buys. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, unless something crazy happens uh, this week, um, you know, both being two games up in the loss column on Kennett, uh, and then three games up on Portsmouth and Derry Field and Hollis Brookline, so though that looks safe. But outside of that, you're right. It's um, you you, you basically just know that the, the two of you are going to be hosting quarterfinal games. Uh, right. on, on that first Saturday, uh, what Saturday is that? The 22nd? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's going to be a fun week though. It sure will be. <laughs> um, you know, and, and to another degree, I think you look at division three and, um, you know, it, it's, there's a little more, I think, separation between the top and the, and the, the second half of the, the potential playoff standings there but it's still not any easier to figure out amongst those top teams. I think, I mean, obviously you've got Guilford that's in a pretty good spot with uh, still with an undefeated record uh, 12 and 0. And then you've got Newport, Newfound and Messinic who all are sitting behind there with two losses, a uh, big game coming up on Wednesday with Messina going to Guilford. And then uh, you've got Conant right behind them too at nine and three, um, you know, having a really good year as well. So, I mean, that's that still has a lot to be determined, too. And although those first uh, those five teams, again, like Division one, Division three gets uh, the top five, get a buy into the quarterfinals. So I guess that's what it looks like is maybe those uh, definitely four, five uh, Conant might still have some work left to do there. Um, you know, have a um, an inside track on those buys into the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think I think the. I think Stevens week is going to be a big decider of how that oh, top yeah, shakes yeah. out. They've got new, both Newport and Conan. Um, and no, like standings wise, it looks like Newport, you know, is a, you know, might be a little bit out of reach. I don't think so. Cause when you look through their, you know, the rest of their schedule and the teams that they've played, um, I think Stevens can give Newport a run and then Conan's just right above them as well. So um, I think Stevens, Steven's two opponents this week are going to are going to help unlock, you know, where everybody in that top half lands. You know, and, and, and Stevens has had an interesting season, too. They start out the year uh, one and two, you know, and then win six in a row in the middle of the season there. Uh, and then in the last, uh, I don't know, 10 days or so, uh, had a couple a couple of tough losses to Messinic sandwiched around that loss to uh, Muscoma. Um, so really not, I mean, obviously tough. If you start the season tough like that, you've got plenty of time to rebound, but certainly not the way you want to end the season. Right. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how the second Newport game goes. Cause they have had a whole season to develop. And like you said, you know, they hit that the middle of their schedule where, you know, even though it's six games, they really only had three opponents in there. Um, they played Monadnock twice, they played Kearsarge twice, and then you threw in a, a game at Littleton. 
but oh, hopefully yeah. that helped them kind of sort through what they needed to sort through and they can use that in these last two games with with Conant and Newport. Um yeah, and then Conant uh had an int- had something kind of I guess the reverse of what we were just talking about. They started out 4-0, dropped 3 in a row to some of those top teams to Guilford, Messinic, and Newport. You know, but then they they bounced back um you know, they got a win over Messinic there uh the second time around. Um, they've got a, I, I think that, that last game, like you mentioned, Conant, Conant Stevens will, will go a long way, obviously not just to that fifth buy, but, um, you know, maybe even, a, a one of the other spots up there and given how tough some of the other schedules are, they, you know, maybe move up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, looks like Messinic and Newfound have a tie but are, are tied for their spot right now, but right. don't play each other in the regular season. So it's one of those other things where opponents records are going to come into, come into play. And, and they did play Stevens and they did play Conant and they did play Newport. So um, I think that, that, like I said, that's going to have a lot to do with where everybody finishes. We're so close to the end, but really it's still kind of a lot, lot to be left or a lot left to be figured out. I, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, there's, you know, it's going to be over before you know it, but we're not going to really know anything until maybe even the last day of the year. Yeah, I think, um, for, you know, Friday, Saturday, it's going to come down to Friday, Saturday. You know, D3 doesn't wrap up their season until uh, Friday, it looks like, are the last games kind of across the board there. And then, like we just talked about, we've got that um, Stark Oyster River reschedule for Saturday. And, and you know, D1 still has some stuff to figure out, too. So it's going to be going to be a spicy a spicy week <laughs> well that's that's kind of i think that's the way we prefer it or i don't yeah. at least i you know from my seat i would i don't maybe maybe it's it's a little different for the coaches huh i don't know i i mean me personally i'd like my life to be a little more predictable and <laughs> <laughs> and straightforward but no i mean this is this is what gets us this is what gets me out of bed in the morning like Knowing that, you know, knowing that you've got some big stuff on the line and some really exciting things to play for. I think this is what what keeps people going after after a, a, a long, short season. Right. Like, yeah, the fall's a, a sh- you know shorter season than than both winter and spring. But when you couple in all the emotions that have, you know, kids have run through in the fall, you know, starting school seniors are are sending out their are, are getting ready to send out their applications for colleges um, people are are starting to commit and decide where they're going to go play collegiately and, and continue their academic careers like there's a lot of draining kind of emotion that goes along with the fall season so for it to end in such a spectacular fashion in the regular season leading up to playoffs I think is gonna is gonna set us up for for a really exciting week and then hopefully a really fun playoff season as well absolutely well, I think uh, I think that'll just about wrap us up for this week. Um, and next week, I think is going to be pretty interesting because we're going to be talking playoffs. Yeah. But we won't know the 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 official seedings yet. So maybe maybe we'll just have to do our own. Uh, well, maybe we'll do our own math, but we won't do it on the on the podcast. We'll do the math beforehand. That's smart. Yeah, because then uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always tricky when you start trying to talk numbers. Uh, you know, while you're recording, it's uh, not a not a. I, I don't recommend it. No, no, I'll get out my I'll get out my calculators ahead of time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, well, uh, Kelly, thanks again for uh, for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. I also just want to say one last quick 
shout out to all the seniors that are that are wrapping up their regular seasons or maybe even seasons. I know, you know, we were a part of Conval Senior Night last week and it was great to see those girls get honored and they were so gracious to include us as well. And I'm sure that there are other teams that celebrated their senior nights last week and will this week. So big congratulations to all the seniors and, and looking forward to, to seeing what everybody does next. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's always always the exciting stuff. And, and I guess I never too, I guess it doesn't hurt to ever throw this stuff out there too, but I, I would imagine next month, um, you know, as we get closer to signing day or after signing day, I will put together the usual uh, giant file of um, – of signings. Uh, so if you're, you're going to be signing to play in college uh, and you, you want to have your picture included in that and your info, uh, absolutely send that in. Uh, and we'll get that up there. Um, so I, obviously we got a ways to, we got a probably about a month or so to go until that, but make sure uh, it doesn't hurt to get that on the, on your mind, I guess. Yeah. And NLI, NLI signing day is a, is a month from today. Is it exactly 9th. a month? Well, how about that? Yeah, it's, exactly almost a month. Like, it's almost like I planned it. Well, you did. You're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She is Kelly Braley, uh, Sauhegan AD and field hockey coach. Thanks again for joining me. I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you next week, and everyone have a, uh, a fun final week of the regular season.